been given authority, because that's what I want to talk about today. Um, but let me start with a psalm. Um, psalm 28, 7 to 9. I just want to read this as a starting point. The Lord is my strength and shield. I trust him and he helps me. I'm very happy and I praise him with my song. The Lord is powerful. Isn't that good to know? Our God is powerful. He gives victory to his chosen one. Save your people and bless those who are your own. Be their shepherd and carry them forever. And this psalm, Psalm 28, is actually titled um, in the Bible a psalm of David. Many theologians believe it was written in a time of, of despair, in a time when um, some of the warring nations were coming, coming against the people of Israel. And in fact, that where it says save your people was, was seen as a call to, to save them from, from impending war. Um, and yet, yet, despite that, he's expressing happiness. You know, he says in here that, uh, that, that he's happy. He's praising God with a song, despite what's going on around him. Because his circumstances weren't, it, it wasn't based, his happiness wasn't based on his circumstances and what was going on, but on God's strength. And he calls God his shield. And I love that depiction of God as a shield. You know, in, in those times when you went to battle, you had a shield and a sword. And, and the shield um, provided, with, you know, provided you with protection. The shield would, would counter you know, the attacks of the enemy, the attacks of the one. It would defend you and protect you. And he, and he, he gives this imagery of God as this, as this spiritual shield, as this mighty shield, you know, protecting us. I love that imagery, you know. Um, and he also announces God as, as a strong God, a powerful God, a God of strength, a strength that's beyond any human strength. And, um, and, there was a, and, and I read, as I was preparing, um, you know, the, the famous preacher Charles Spurgeon wrote this quote about this psalm, about Psalm 28. And he said, My dear friend, if you can say, The Lord is my strength, then you can bear anything and everything. You could bear a martyr's death if the Lord should be your strength. He could make a stalk of wheat, a little stalk of wheat, bear the whole world if he strengthened it. It's a great quote. You know, if we could just understand and live out the fact that, that God is, is our strength, you know, he's our strength, you know, I think we can, we can bear anything. And, you know, like a good father, he exerts his strength to protect his children. You know, like a good father does, God is there and will exert his strength to protect his children. But, you know, it's in, as it says in, in that verse, you know, his strength is founded on his power. You know, the Lord is a powerful God. We serve a God who is mighty. You know, the, the Bible calls him the almighty God. He is still mighty. And it's an aspect of God we don't, we don't often talk much about. You know, now we spend time talking about, you know, God's love, God's mercy, which is, which is beautiful. And it's, it's an aspect of God that's, that's important. But he's also powerful. Our God is a powerful God. Our God is a powerful God. Come on. He's a loving God. He's a merciful God. But he's also a powerful God. You know, and without that aspect, without, without the power, the, the rest can't exist. You know, and without an understanding of his power and how it, how it applies to our lives, you know, we can't live an effective Christian life. And that's why I love how you prayed before, John, because he's given us, he's given us the ability to access that power. And now, littered throughout Scripture, we see, you know, the description of God as, as, as a God of power, as an omnipotent God, a God who's sovereign. Let me, let me uh, read this Scripture in Isaiah 40, 25 to 29. This is a prophet Isaiah reminding, 
you know, his people about about who God is because they they'd swayed from him. They were worshiping other idols. They were they had left the ways of God. His own people had left him, and now they were in exile in Babylon. And he's reminding them. He says, "To whom will you compare me? Or who is my equal?" Says the Holy One. Who will you compare me to? Lift up your eyes and look to the heavens. He's telling them to lift up their eyes. Who created all of this? He who brings the starry host. He who brings out the starry host one by one and calls them forth by his name. Because of his great power and mighty strength, not one of them is missing. Why do you complain, Jacob? Why do you say, Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord? My cause is disregarded by my God. They were complaining to God. They were saying, you've forgotten us, God. You've left us. Even though it was their own sin and their own worship of other idols that caused their, you know, caused their exile. He's saying, God's saying, why do you do that? Don't you know? Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful scripture. And I, and I think we need to remind ourselves even today, why, why do we complain? Don't complain, guys. Remember, he's a God of power. And and you know they were yeah you know, they were in exile complaining about their circumstances, you know. And he's reminding them. He's saying to them that it's the same God that created the heavens and the earth. The same God that was there from the beginning. The same God that took them out of Egypt. It's the same God and the same power that was still available to them, but they'd left His ways. They they, they were living in exile. They turned their back on God. And, you know, it's something that we should actually... Power, the power of God and, and power in general is something that should be celebrated. It, it is something that should be celebrated. Too often it's corrupted, isn't it? Too often we see power corrupted in this world. Too often we see power abused. Too often, you know, people abuse their power just to benefit themselves or for their own, you know, self-fulfillment. And, 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 and so, so, we, don't, so we, we don't talk about it. And we don't talk about, you know the beauty of power because without power without power none of that is possible and god has the ultimate power and and now in a digital age also you know with information around us with with the pursuit of knowledge you know sometimes we you know we, we think that knowledge is power that 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 rather than you know that knowledge gives us everything and we're empowered by knowledge but there's a greater force you know power and knowledge work hand in hand in scripture um, let me read 2 Peter 1, 3 to 5 from the NIV version. It says, His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life. Through our knowledge of Him who has called us by His own glory and goodness. His divine power. Through these He has given us His very great and precious promises. So that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires it's both through his power and our knowledge of god that we receive his promise his power and then our knowledge of him is how we receive his promises without his power we can't receive without our knowledge of his power we can't receive his promises see no amount of understanding alone no amount of understanding can accomplish god's plan for his kingdom we can understand we can have knowledge but without his power none of that is possible it needs his power to actually make the kingdom what the kingdom is. 
And the incredible thing is that he's willing to share that with us. He's actually, he doesn't want us to be a disempowered people. He doesn't want us. He wants to share that with us. He wants us to be able to access that. You know, in verse 4, it says that we are participants in his divine nature. A participant is not just a bystander. A participant is, is, as the word says, you participate in that. So that through them, so that through that, the power and knowledge may participate in the divine nature. God is wanting us to participate in the outworking of his power. It's what John said before. We've been given authority. And, but how does that work? How, how, do, how do we participate and how do we, how do we get empowered and how do we fulfill God's plan in, in our circle, in the realm around us? It's in Christ. It's only in Christ. You know, the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross was, was not only gave us salvation, it not only gave us salvation when he atoned for our sin, when he took our place, when he was sacrificed as an atonement, not only did it do that, but it actually opened up a path for us to have direct relationship with God again. So yes, we're saved, yes, we're atoned, yes, you know, through Christ, you know, we, we, now, we now are made righteous through the blood of Jesus. But not only that, we now have direct relationship with God again. That same relationship that his people once experienced, we now have. And we have access, you know, to, to, the, to the realm of, of the kingdom of God through Christ. In, listen to uh, 2 Corinthians 5.17, it says, If anyone is in Christ, therefore if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old is gone and the new is here. So when we're in Christ, the old is gone. We're made a whole new being. We're made a new creation. In Galatians 3, it says, So in Christ, in him, in Christ, you're all children of God through faith. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. So through him, in him, we now have this access. We now have access to the divine nature of God. We are participants, like it says there, in his nature. I mean, that's, 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 come on, that's groundbreaking. That's incredible. We are participants in the very nature of God. You know, we are, we are not God, obviously. You know, we are his people, we are his children, but we can participate. He doesn't want us to be disempowered. You know, God never created us to be a, just this, you know, to be, to be taken by the reeds of life and to be, and to be just swept back and forth and, you know, everything that's gone on in the world. We're called to be an empowered people. And it's a delegated power. It's just like a soldier. If you're in the army, a soldier, you know, you, you carry with you, you're part of a powerful force that's much greater than you. When you're in the army, you know, you're a soldier of the army, but there's a much more powerful force that, that you carry. If you're, if you're in the police force, if you're a policeman, you know, you, you're just one person, but you actually get to, you, you, you carry the authority of, of the governing body because you're in the police force. And that same way, that delegated power, when we are in Christ, just like, you know, if you are in, we are in Christ, we carry a delegated authority of the sovereign God as his children. It's an incredible thought. It's, you know, we, 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 we should spend more time dwelling on this. And this week I was just thinking about this message. I really felt to, to preach it this week. It's the same God of Isaiah 40. God hasn't changed. You know, have you not heard, guys? Do you not realize, he's saying, the, the everlasting God, it's the same God. He has given us authority to carry out things in, in the spiritual world around us. He has actually given us authority over the dominions. God's authority spread to the world through us, through his body, through his people. 
You know, the minute that we become in Christ, the minute that we, we, we receive Jesus and, and we're in Christ, we then now carry a spiritual authority that he's given us. You know, when he rose from the dead, he actually outworked and transferred that authority to, to his people. In Ephesians 2, 6, if we can put that one up, it says, And God raised us up with Christ. With Christ. So when Christ was raised up on that third day, when he, raised, when he was risen, when he rose from the power, we were raised up and seated with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. It's an incredible thought. Obviously, we're not physically seated with him. But on, a, from a, on the spiritual realm, he's, he's given us, you know, the, 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 the seat of God speaks of divine authority and power, you know, the throne of God. And he has seated us side by side with him. That's, that's, a, that's an incredible thought when we think about that. Both the head and the body are seated together, both him as a head and we as the body of Christ, next to God in the place of power and authority. That means we're seated there. It's saying that in the spiritual atmosphere, we are seated by it with him. It's a position, of, of, it's a position of, of, of divine authority. It's a position as his heirs, everything that's under his authority now belongs to us. And, that, and he's building his kingdom. He makes it very clear throughout scripture that, you know, in, in John, he says, whatever you ask in my name, I will do that my Father has be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do. Ask in his name, in him, in his authority, and he will do it. You know, when, when Peter and John encountered the lame man, as you know, at the Gate Beautiful, when they were going to, to the temple, they said to him, in the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. And the man rose up and walk in, in his name. You know, so, so all throughout Scripture makes it very clear that you know, we carry that same power, that same power the Almighty God has. He's delegated to us. Let's have a look at Luke 9, 1 to 2. It said, when Jesus had called the twelve together, he gave them, Jesus appointed to them, power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. So Jesus was giving that same authority to his disciples then in Luke ten nineteen it says again, it says, I have given you the authority. In him he has given them the authority to trample on snakes and serpents and scorpions, sorry, and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. I love that. Speak that over your life. Nothing will harm you. Nothing will harm you. You know, and in, in and serpents and scorpions, uh, they're venomous creatures. In in the in the Bible, venom represents false instruction or, or false way or deception, that falseness of the world around us. So we've literally been given authority and power to be immune from the deception of the world. We've been given authority and power to be immune from the falsehoods that are around us. We've got that power if we position ourselves in Christ, who is the truth. We have authority over all the lies and deception of the enemy. Think about the lies and deception that's out there. You know, in Christ, we're immune from that. We've been given that authority, that delegated authority. You know, we've been given authority over even over demonic forces, and I love that John prayed that way today. We've been given that authority. How often do we step into that and take that authority around us in our worlds? We've been given the authority over Satan and his, and, and, and his, and his legions himself. It's a stunning thought. 
but why, you know, why, I, I just wonder why sometimes we feel so powerless. Why sometimes even his own people do we see around us, you know, um, things that aren't quite working. Why? And, and maybe, maybe it's the fact that we don't quite understand how, how that authority works. We don't quite, you know, apply that authority in our lives because a delegated authority, it needs to be applied. It needs to be used. You know, yes, God is sovereign and yes, we can pray. But oftentimes we need to apply that in our worlds. We need to have an understanding of how that authority works. So I've got a couple of stories in Scripture that hopefully can, can help us unravel that. It's uh, in, in Matthew 8, 8 to 9. It's a story of the centurion. We probably all know it really well. You know, the, the centurion is, um, is asking him to... Uh, his servant is dying, you know, is critically ill, and and G, you know, everyone's wanting a piece of Jesus. Everyone's trying to demand, and you know, everyone's trying to, to get healed because this this person is going around the countryside healing and casting out demons. And this centurion comes comes to God and, and asks him, you know, would he come and, and would he would he heal his servant? Um, so if we look at Matthew eight eight to nine. The centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof, my roof, but just say the word and your servant will be healed. And sorry, and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority. The centurion was under the authority of Rome. With my soldiers, I tell this one go and he goes and I tell that one come and he comes. I say to my servant do and he does it. So the centurion understood how authority operated. He was appointed to lead a hundred men that were under him, but his power wasn't on him. He couldn't he couldn't powerfully overcome a hundred men. But he was under Rome. He was under the, the you know the most powerful uh, kingdom of, in the world at that time. So he had authority under appointed to him to command a hundred men. And he says to Jesus, "I understand how this works. You're you're the Son of God." You've been appointed authority over everything. You just say it and it's done. You don't need to come to my house. That's what he's saying. And Jesus is like, he understood how it operated. In the next verse, Jesus tells, Jesus, when Jesus hears this in the next verse, he says to him, truly I tell you, I've not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. This man knew, he understood how, how, how it operated. He understood how how authority worked and he said i've i've never i've I've not seen anyone even of my own people even in the people of god of israel with such great faith now how is it possible that even the people of god didn't understand the way the kingdom operates and here's a man a roman soldier a centurion that understood the authority you know maybe because they'd been occupied by rome for so long maybe because they'd been oppressed for so long that they were focused only on on circumstance, you know, that they, they were that they wanted a Messiah that would come and liberate them. They wanted another David. They wanted a mighty warrior that would come with a sword and get rid of the Romans. That's what they wanted, because they were oppressed. They were held down for so long. That's the Messiah they're looking for. So instead, instead of applying their authority as God's own people, they they put rules on each other. You know, and the Pharisees and they had hundreds of rules and. And, and the law, and you had to do this and this and wear this, and, and you had to follow the Sabbath, and this was what they thought made them righteous. And he's saying, no, it's not you. It's not anything you do. It's not these acts. It's not the things. It's me. It's the power of God. It's a power. They'd missed it. They'd missed it totally. You 
you know, we've been appointed under the authority of the King of Kings. What an amazing thought. We're his sons and daughters. We're called heirs. Despite what we hear in the news today, despite what's going on, he still reigns over the earth. Yeah, how many of us do we believe that, right? We do. No matter COVID, I'm not downplaying it. It's, it's terrible. No matter what's going on with COVID, no matter what's going on in the news, no matter what is going on in this world, you know, the depression, all that thing, all of that is still subject to God. It doesn't seem like it sometimes when we look around, but it's still all subject to God. Your authority is not dictated by circumstances. It does not get diminished by circumstances. Our authority is not diminished. It's dictated by the power behind the authority. That's why he says in, that, in Isaiah, have you not heard, have you not realized, I'm the everlasting God. Yes, you're in exile. Yes, you're in Babylon. Yes, you, 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 know, you turn from me. It was pretty, it's, you're in a bad situation. The same as, as the people there that were under the oppression of the Romans. Yes, I get all that. But I'm still the same God, he says to them. I'm still the same God. You turned your back on me, but I'm still here. It's still available to you, that power, that authority, to, to actually live an effective life around you, to not be dictated and swayed by everything going on. <clears throat> Come on. It's good. <laughs> it's based on his power, not on circumstance. And it's unfortunate that, you know, we see... And I think part part of our uh, part of our lack of willingness to to step in, live in that power, is, is is because of that abuse of power that we see around us. You know, I remember growing up in in you know growing up as as a young kid in church. You know, we would often we would often do that. We often pray like that. Take authority, you know. And I think what's happened is over time we you know with we, you know with the thirst for knowledge and 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 we've seen that abuse sometimes we forget that that we have been empowered and being empowered is not to to lord it over someone it's not to it's not that you can't be compassionate look at the look at jesus's life you know on uh, you know often you will read on one hand that he's he's been compassionate you know with someone who's about to be stoned, you know, two, two, two verses, the next two verses, he's casting out a demon and, and, and speaking to the Pharisees, condemning them for, for what they're doing. You, you, they, they, they can be in balance. Compassion and love can work with power together. You know, just because we are empowered and we have authority, it doesn't mean that we, we, we abuse it like, like the world does. They can work hand in hand. Compassion, love and power working together. Let's not be so tossed around by circumstance and situation we forget to operate in the authority that Jesus gave us to bring life, not just to our own circumstance, but to those around us. It brings life to those. Beautiful. Let me finish with this story, um, which, is, which sort of demonstrates this as well, and, and it's from Acts 16, and it's the story of Paul and Silas. Acts sixteen twenty two to 31 from the NIV. It says, A crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas, and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. You know, that was, when you're stripped, the reason they were stripped was to show, like, you're nothing. You're stripped down to the bare bone to shame them, to say, like, you've got to disempower someone by actually taking their clothes off. And they, were, they had been, and after they had been severely flogged, 
they were thrown into prison. And the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. When he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell, that right in, in the, like the, the one you can't get out of, the inner cell. And he fastened their feet with stocks. Like There's no way they could, they could get out. The situation seems so dire. So what's their response? They've been flogged. They've been stripped by the earthly, by earthly situation. What's their response? They start to worship. I love it. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. Yeah, they're, they're, yeah, they're in prison. Yes, the you know, men around them have tried to disempower them. But what do they do? They sing and worship. I love that. That's faith, I think. That's faith. Come on. They started singing and praying. And the other prisoners were listening to them. So they're praying. They're in the worst situation you can imagine. They're singing and the other prisoners are listening to them. Suddenly there's a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. Oh, I wish I could have seen that. Incredible. God's power. The power of God. As they worship, as they, as they celebrate God, as they praise God, just the power. There's an earthquake. It's a physical reaction. And at once all the prison doors flew open. Bang. And everyone's chains came loose. The power of God can work anywhere, right? In our homes, in prison, in, in prison there. It can work in our homes, in our workplaces. It can work with our friends. The power of God's not limited to, to in here. That same power in prison. They were in the inner cell. Not, no one could get to them. So God just says, well, forget that. Earthquake, bang, doors are open, chains are broken. Because they worshipped him. Because they were happy. Because they still they, they understood that no matter what was going on they worshipped him. We we'll read on. The jailer woke up and when he saw the prison doors open he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because what would happen to him if they got out was he was he was gone. So he's about to kill himself and he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, "They don't don't hurt yourself. We're still here." They hadn't run off. They didn't run away. The jailer called for lights and rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He was trembling, even though he had power over them, even though these, they had been stripped and beaten and flogged. He, he understood something's going on. He's trembling. He, he, he goes, sirs, what must I do to be saved? They didn't even preach. They were just singing. But he knew something. Hey, there's something more here. They're carrying something that's incredible. They're carrying something beyond earthly, earthly power because this jailer had power over them. He's put them in jail. He's, he's, he's been appointed to oversee them. But he's on their knees. He's on his knees now trembling. How can I be saved to these guys? They replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of God of the Lord to him and to all the others in the house. At that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. Then immediately he and all his household were baptized. What an awesome story. What an awesome story of, of God's authority and power versus the power of man. All right, God's authority and power. God transformed the, the entire situation through an outworking of his power. A really dire, like horrible situation where they'd almost been put to death, flogged, stripped, you know, shamed in front of everyone, put in prison in the inner cell. And this man now has become a believer and they baptized him. The jailer hurled them captive in the physical realm under the authority of the Philippian authorities because they were in Philippi at the time and seemingly had, 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 had control of them is now, un, is now saying being baptized. Paul and Silas then baptized him and his family 
under the authority given to them by Jesus. If you remember, Jesus said to his disciples, go to all world, baptizing them in my name. He gave them authority. So now he's acting under the authority given in Jesus to baptize them and, and they become believers. What a stunning turnaround, eh? What an incredible... That's why I love the stories of the Bible. What a turnaround. God's power will never be held back by any earthly rule. So I wrote this and I just want to read it out. God's power will never be held back by any earthly rule and in the same way we should have dominion over the spiritual atmosphere around us. Let's just stand and pray. I just feel like I'd love to pray into this and it doesn't matter, you know, it doesn't matter what's going on. It doesn't matter if we feel like we're in a dark place. Paul and Silas were in jail, they were in prison, you know, they, they had been stripped. It doesn't matter what's, what's happened this week, it doesn't matter what has happened this month, this year. Because God's still the same, the same everlasting God, the same power from Isaiah 40. Have you not heard Living Hope Church? Do you not remember? Do you not remember? The same God that created the heavens and the earth is still here. He's still sovereign over every circumstance. And maybe the enemies that we encounter are not the same. They're not as visible as it was in those times. You know, the, the enemy was visible then. You know, they were, whether it was in the times of David and, and it was a physical enemy or whether it was a Roman soldier or a jailer but they're just as real and you know enemy an enemy can be a sin an enemy can be sickness an enemy can be depression or fear the devil himself is our enemy the demonic forces operating around us in this world that's an enemy even people sometimes under the influence of demonic forces of the devil can be an enemy but hey we've got authority in the name of jesus over all these circumstances we've been given in christ in him we've been given an authority in the realm around us to influence to change the spiritual atmosphere so i just want to pray and i just want you to just if there's something that you feel has been like a like a chain around you like paul and silas if, if there's an area in your life whether it's a relationship whether it's something that's happened whether it's a sickness i just believing right now as we stand in unity together that we'll we can take authority over that situation right now and it can change it can change the chains can come loose because it's not about us it's in christ it's through the power of god it's nothing that we can do father i just thank you right now god we pray together we stand as a community as living hope church and we acknowledge your sovereignty, God. We acknowledge you are the everlasting God, the almighty, the creator of the heavens and the earths and the earth, the king of kings, the lord of lords, the ancient of days. You are omnipotent, God, all-powerful, Lord. And we thank you. We are honored, God, that through your son, You've bestowed upon us an authority and we take authority in the name of Jesus right now and we say, we speak into our lives, change. I come against any scheme of the enemy and I say no weapon formed against this church shall prosper. Get off in Jesus' name. Get off demonic forces. Get off devil. 
Get off our minds. Get off our, our bodies. Sickness. Get off. In the name of Jesus, we come against you. Forces of darkness trying to operate, we come against you in the name of Jesus. Depression, be gone. Thank you, God. God, we're honored that you've given us this authority. Thank you, Jesus, for that sacrifice on the cross. Help us, Lord, this week. Help us to operate in that. Help us never to forget that we are your instruments on this world as your church, as your people. Thank you that not only do we love, not only are we compassionate, but we also have authority. I thank you for things to shift this week in our worlds. I thank you for joy and happiness despite circumstance. God, just like Paul and Silas, it didn't matter. They sang hymns and worshipped you. In the midst of all of that, they sang hymns and worshipped you, and your power flowed through that thanksgiving. Help us to be that people like that. Help us, Lord, to be people of your word. Not just knowledge, Lord, but also power, and outworking of your power. We trust in you. We hope in you. We need you, God. We thank you, Father. Thank you, God. You're so faithful. Holy Spirit. Just flow right now. Thank you. Your word says when we are weak, yet we are strong. And if we feel weak today, there is strength in Jesus. It's not about our strength. It's about his. It's not about our strength. It's about his. Yet I'm weak but I'm strong. Thank you, Father. You're a strong Father. You're Almighty God. Thank you, God.